0: CHAPTER Six. The quarrel was not revived. That was one of the great qualities of Anna Louise. She never went back to a quarrel, or back on an agreed decision. I knew when she decided to marry me she meant it to be for life. She never once mentioned the party again, and the next ten days were among the happiest I'd ever spent. It was an extraordinary change for me to come home at night from the office to a flat which wasn't empty, and to the sound of a voice which I loved. On one occasion, only the happiness seemed a little threatened when I had to go into Geneva to see an important Spanish confectioner from Madrid on some business for the firm. He gave me an excellent lunch at the Beau Rivage, but I couldn't take full advantage of the meal because he talked about nothing but chocolate from our aperitifs on I remember he chose the Alexander cocktail sprinkled with grains of chocolate. You might think this subject of chocolate, a rather limited one, but it certainly wasn't, not to an important confectioner with revolutionary ideas. He finished the meal with a chocolate mousse, which he criticized severely because it didn't contain some scraps of orange skin. When I left, I felt a bit liverish, as though I had sampled every kind of chocolate my firm had ever manufactured. It was a heavy, humid autumn day, and I walked away towards the place where I had left my car, trying to escape the wetness of the air and the wetness of the lake and the taste of chocolate which clotted my tongue, when a woman's voice said, Why, Mr. Smith, you're actually the man I want. I turned, and there was Mrs. Montgomery, in the doorway of an expensive shop, a kind of Swiss Asprey's. I said, Jones, automatically. I'm so sorry. Oh, what a memory I have. I don't know why I thought you were Mr. Smith.' But it doesn't make any difference, because it's a man I want. Just a man, that's all. Is this a proposition? I asked. But she didn't see the joke. She said, I want to come in here and point out four objects which you would like to possess, if you are extravagant enough to buy them. She pulled me into the shop by the arm, and the sight of all those luxury goods sickened me, rather, as the chocolate at lunch had done. "'Everything seemed to be in gold, 18 carat, or platinum, "'although for the poorer customers there were objects in silver and pigskin. "'I remembered the rumors which I had heard about Dr. Fisher's parties, "'and I thought I knew what Mrs. Montgomery was after. "'She picked up a red Morocco case containing a gold cigar cigar cutter. "'Wouldn't you like to have this?' she asked. "'It would have cost me nearly a month's salary.' "'I don't smoke cigars,' I said.' I added, you shouldn't choose that. Didn't he give those away at his wedding party? I don't suppose Dr. Fisher likes repeating himself. Are you sure? No, I think after all, they were swizzle sticks. But you aren't sure, she asked in a tone of disappointment and put the cigar cutter down. You don't know how difficult it is to find something which will please everybody, especially the men. Why not just give them checks? I asked you can't give checks to people. It would be insulting. Perhaps none of them would be insulted if the checks were large enough. I could see she was reflecting on what I said, and I have reason to believe from what happened later that she must have repeated my remark to Dr. Fisher. She said, it wouldn't do. It wouldn't do at all. Think of giving a check to the general. It would look like a bribe. Generals have taken bribes before now. Anyway, he can't be a general if he's Swiss. He's probably only a divisionnaire. "'But the idea of giving a check to Mr. Kipps, why, it's unthinkable. "'You mustn't tell anyone I told you, but Mr. Kipps, in fact, owns this store,' she brooded. "'What about a quartz watch in gold, or better still, platinum? "'But then perhaps they have one already. "'They could always sell the new one back. "'I'm sure not one of them would dream of selling a gift, not a gift from Dr. Fisher.' So my guess proved to be right, and the secret was out. I saw her gulp as though she were trying to swallow it back. I picked up a pigskin photograph frame. As though people who shopped in that store mightn't be clever enough to know what one used a pigskin photograph frame for, the management had inserted a photograph of Richard Dean, the film star. Even I had read enough newspapers to recognize that handsome old young face and the alcoholic smile what about this? I asked. Oh, you're impossible, Mrs. Montgomery wailed. But all the same, as it turned out, she must have repeated even that mocking suggestion back to Dr. Fisher. I think I was glad. I think she was glad to see me go. I hadn't been helpful.